We meet today in Proverbs chapter 29, and we are looking at verses 1 to verse 18. This chapter presents miscellaneous sayings concerning a man being hardened against rebuke, and of good government. There is also sayings concerning wisdom and righteousness. We have sayings against flattery, prolificness, injustice, scornfulness, longuicity, rashness, indulging children, improperly treating servants, then pride and the fear of men. And we also have that of goodness and the sovereignty of God. All these sayings are packaged in Proverbs 29. The chapter has 27 verses, but today we are going to consider the first 18 verses and simply make a few comments concerning the verses that remain. He who is often rebuked and hardens his neck will suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. Proverbs 29 verse 1 Now God has so many ways of rebuking a man. He does not use just one, yet the man can keep on going in sin. There are many examples of this in the Bible. We may think of Korah and Dothan and Abiram and Belshazzar, Jezebel and others. He who is often rebuked and hardens his neck will suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. All these people actually were destroyed and without remedy. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. I mean, we have seen this before, that when the wicked are in power, they never solve the problems. But one righteous man is able to bring blessing to a nation. And we need, we need righteous people to be leading our nations. And for any who aspire to be there, know that the word of God says, righteousness exalts a nation. And sin is a disgrace to any people. Sometimes people don't think this truth stands. Yet it is upon the planks of righteousness, justice, and truth that nations will be established. This is what we need in Africa above everything else. We don't need men who say they have solutions for every problem because that's a lie. No one has the solutions for the problems of this world. If anyone says he does, he must say it with his tongue in his cheek. What we need today are righteous men who will stand for the right at any price. And I believe that just one such man is better than a whole political party, regardless of what party it might be and what programs it has. Righteousness exalts a nation. And the Bible says, blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord. When the wicked rule, everyone suffers. And when the wicked rule, the righteous hide, as we just saw in our last study. Men will go into hiding because the wicked will be after the righteous. Why? Because they stand on the opposite side of that person. Therefore, they become his enemies. 
when elections came to your country and even to your own town or community, for whom did you vote? What was your criterion? What will be your criterion next time when you vote? The king establishes the land by justice, but he who receives bribes overthrows it. Proverbs 29 verse 4. You see, David was a good king. He was a righteous ruler over men, a ruler in the fear of God. Yet David made the confession that his house was not sound. It is only Christ, the king, who by judgment will establish the land. Because David, the human king, would not even do it. The coming of Christ to this earth is the only hope that the world has. Thank the Lord that the church will live before he comes to judge the earth. That is the promise that he has given. Of course, he loves his bride. The giving of gifts today influences many politicians. That has always figured in the politics of parties. The Lord Jesus will reign in righteousness. He will not run for office. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He will not favor one person over the other because he receives gifts. No, he does not need gifts. He demands righteousness and he will rule with the rod of iron, yet in peace and justice. A man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. Proverbs 29 verse 5. Now, applause for a man who is doing a good job is certainly in order. Merit should be recognized. And I think there is a time to stand up and cheer for an individual. But when flattery is used, it is like the overdose of honey that we have been talking about in this book. It seems there are so many people today who are just given over to flattery. And the praise of men is so rampant that it gets out of place. A man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. And of course, because of the flattery of men, this is why many have been dissuaded from the truth that stands. Instead of worshiping God, there is the worship of men. Instead of bowing before the King of kings and the Lord of lords, we are bowing before men. And we talk of what is now known as the personality cult. They do not really tell the thing that is upon their hearts. Flattery is a dangerous thing because sometimes people believe it. It is tragic when we believe flattery. And many times when flattery is used, it is packaging lies, not truth. The bloodthirsty hate the blameless, but the upright seek his well-being. Proverbs 29 verse 10. Now we might translate it like this. Men of blood hate the perfect, but the just seek or care for his soul. The bloody thirsty man has murder and hurt in his heart. The Lord Jesus said that if you hurt your brother, you are guilty of murder. Cain was a murderer, and the murder began in his heart. It shows how far and how quickly men fell. Remember that God created Adam and Eve perfect. When they fell, the only thing they could bring into the world was a sinner. So they brought forth sons and daughters in their own likeness. Cain was one of them. He was a boy born with murder in his heart. He hurted his brother. 
You see, that proverb applies to him. The bloodthirsty hate the blameless, but the upright seek his well-being. A fool veins all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. Proverbs 29 verse 11. Now you talk with a fool and he will tell you everything. His feelings is literally his spirit here. Or from the context here, his anger. The fool pours out all his wrath, but the wise man holds it back. He will be very careful of what he says. By the way, Jesus said that we should not call anyone a fool, but God himself is the one who has the right to speak and describe what a fool is. And according to this verse, a fool vents all his feelings. Do you expose your anger instead of restraining and controlling yourself, even not saying everything that may not be necessary? When you behave like that, you are behaving as if there is no God who really knows the true story. Watch what you say. If a ruler pays attention to lies, all his servants become wicked. Proverbs 29 verse 12 The servants of a ruler are apt to become like the ruler and accommodate themselves to his practices. The axioms that are familiar are such axioms like, like father, like son, or like priest, like parishioner. They apply here. If the ruler prefers falsehood to the truth, his servants will become able liars. In fact, they are given ammunition to become liars. Parents need to discipline a child faithfully and set an example before him because a child will imitate his parents. That is also true of parents. And it is also true of people in authority. If those leaders in authority are setting examples of faithfulness, the subordinates, those under them, will also imitate their lifestyle. The people who imitate their rulers and men in high position. The conduct of a ruler will be reflected in those who are under him. This is the picture we have here. Discerning truth from falsehood is a continuing challenge for those in authority. And there are several reasons for this, my friend. Why subordinates often have a personal agenda. They do not so much lie as tell the boss the things that will feather their agenda. But now if they have a leader who is honest, then they are compelled Subordinates are generally reluctant to tell their superiors even bad news. Subordinates are generally reluctant to voice ideas or opinions with which they think their bosses are likely to disagree. People often see the same thing in different ways. So discerning truth from falsehood is a continuing challenge for those in leadership authority. Given these realities, perhaps the leader's greatest challenge is to create an atmosphere in which truth and openness are respected, encouraged, and even rewarded. If you are in a position of authority, 
Do you encourage the people under you to be honest? Or do you just assume that they will be? Do they see honesty demonstrated in your treatment of them? This is the challenge. The rod and rebuke give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Proverbs 29 verse 15 Now, an undisciplined child left to himself will certainly bring shame upon his mother and judgment upon himself as well. Perhaps only the mother is mentioned here because she is the chief disciplinarian in the earliest years when she spends so many hours with the young child. The rebuke is to be given first. Then it must be followed by the rod if the former is unsuccessful. Evidently, Eli gave rebuke, but he spared the rod, according to First Samuel 2, 22, uh, 25 and 3, verse 13. So, rebuke must be given, and if rebuke has not been responded to, you use the rod. Correct your son, and he will give you rest. Yes, he will give delight to your soul. Proverbs 29, verse 17. Again, we have before us the importance of discipline. God has pledged the godly fruits of rest to the body and delight to the soul for those who exercise discipline with their children. The child who is exempted from discipline and allowed to govern his life according to the dictates of his own will is destined to bring shame upon his home. Society that does not practice the disciplining of its children is destined to be overrun by the wicked who feel they can practice all manner of evil with impunity. Though this said state may continue for a time, the righteous will ultimately witness the total overthrow of the wicked, according to Psalm 54 verse 7. Loving discipline will produce children who will be a cause of delight for aging parents. And Africa needs to hear this message. There used to be even respect for the adults. A child would be playing in the community. And if any adult would see that child playing in the community, doing something wrong, adults were given the right to even correct that child, including giving a little bit of discipline. But we have moved now into this century where little children will even challenge adults and say, my parents won't mind. Leave me alone doing what I think is right. You are not my dad. You are not my mom. When can we come back to the true values of society? Those values were cherished in Africa even before the Bible came. Correct your son, and he will give you rest. If we correct our children, our land will experience rest. Yes, our land will be a delightful land. People will be revived. Our souls will find a new joy in this life. 
Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. The King James Version says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But happy is the man who keeps the law. Now, the context here would suggest a revelation of the potential for good that the proper discipline of children possesses for the development of a godly society. Because we were talking of child discipline in verse 17. So that is the context here. Where there is a revelation or where there is a vision that brings a proper discipline for the children, the society will develop in a godly manner. Where there is no revelation for the proper discipline of children, a society produces a generation of young people who have no regard for the law and they literally run wild. That is so true in many of our nations. That is so true in many of our cities. People who have no regard for the law, who are wild, and we have people in the streets now. Anyway, Let's look at these words. The word revelation or vision in the King James Version is actually spiritual understanding. It is a word for prophetic vision, as First Samuel 9 verse 9 says. And that word refers to the experience of the prophets in receiving a word from God. Daniel 4 verse 5. The law may also mean instruction. It is not only the Mosaic law, but also the message to the people from God via his messengers, the prophets. Happiness comes in obeying the word of God, however it comes, my friend. So, revelation here is the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer to give him the understanding of the word of God. We read in First Samuel 3 verse 1, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. The word of the Lord was precious or rare. There was no understanding of the word of God. And therefore, it was precious in those days. And God raised up Samuel, a seer, to meet the need. Now, my friend. What is the hope for our society? What is the hope of the world? The hope of the world lies when people have a revelation of the word of God. This is why I become passionate and even insistent in teaching the word of God, speaking of the word of God, because that's where the revelation comes. You also remember Joshua was disturbed because some of the men prophesied in the camp. But Moses said in Numbers 11 verse 29, Oh, that all the people were prophets, and that the Lord would put his Spirit upon them. When the Spirit of God moves, the revelation of God is there. And the obedience of the Word of God becomes a command becomes needful. The obedience of the word of God becomes eminent. That is the hope for the nations. Discernment is one of the gifts that God has given to the church. That is an understanding of the word of God. Where there is no revelation, people are cast off restrained. Where there is no 
revelation of God, people run wild. This chapter actually is an amazing one. But it is wonderful for us to even end at this point talking about the need for the revelation of God as the way that brings order, as the way that brings back humanity, the word of God. So the chapter here concludes the collection of Proverbs that were copied out by the men of Hezekiah. It also concludes all the Proverbs which are attributed to Solomon. However, I believe that the final chapter of Proverbs was also written by Solomon and that he is King Lamiel, as I highlighted earlier on to say maybe it was his pet name. Wonderful way to end the collection of the Psalms by the men of Hezekiah on the high spiritual note where there is no revelation, people perish. Where there is no revelation, people are cast off, restrained. But, and that word is very important, but happy is the man who keeps the law. Happy are you, my friend, when you keep the law of the Lord. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs, so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please write to the Living Word for Africa P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park, 1620, South Africa. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me give you that address again. It's the Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park, 1620, South Africa.